operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. Podcast. Back and better than ever, as always, by my side, Stephen. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you? Not bad, my friend. Not bad. Uh, Stephen, you know there's a place I've heard you can go check out reviews and such of comic books? Have you heard about this place? I've heard of a few, yes. I heard the best one is comicbookrevolution.com. Oh, you have? I have. I think, I think I've heard of it before. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> you can also check us out on Twitter at CBRevolution. Me on Twitter at Rock2Ks Revolution. Steven, you? And you can find me on Twitter at President Glover on Twitter. All right, my friend. <laughs> uh, in this podcast, we have a whole bunch of news to tackle. And I want to get your take on some various news articles that I have purposely kept Steven in the dark about because sure. I like to get that kind of reaction out of Steven. Mm-hmm. I like when he gets the delightful, <gasps> or the, uh. <laughs> So much more enjoyable when you get the visceral reaction like that out of you. Um, in addition to some news articles, Stephen, we also have the February 2019 sales numbers. Ooh. And we're going to wrap it up with Stephen not spoiling anything. No. But giving his broad, general, vague, non-spoilery impressions of Shazam. Because you, my friend, got to see Shazam I last did. night, did you not? Yes, I did. All right. Well, we will get to tease that. That'll be at the end of the podcast. We won't spoil it, so you can listen to it. Yes. But Stephen will let you know what he thought of the movie. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend. February 2019 sales chart, Stephen. Right. Are you ready for this? I'm not. Listen to this, my friend. Now I am. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so it wasn't a banner month for the world of comics. Uh, is any month. <laughs> I, I, I know, right? Uh, February of 2019 sold uh, 7% less than the same month previous year. 9% uh, less, same month five years earlier. 5% less, same month 10 years earlier. Hmm. Unchanged versus same month 15 years earlier, and 9% less than the same month 20 years earlier. Sounds like it's never a banner month, February. Mm, no. Because those are low drops. Yeah. It's, that's... that's <laughs> That's not good. That is not good. And yeah. let me tell you what. For the graphic novels, mm-hmm. you know, people always say, oh, but graphic novels, that's, that's, that's going to yeah. save the day. Well, you sure about that? Because you look at the top graphic novel sales, mm-hmm. right? The dollar sales. They don't do unit share. Sure. They do dollar sales. So remember now, price goes up. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. So when you're comparing to 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, yeah. factor in the price difference, too. But um, same month uh, previous year, minus 5%. Same month five years earlier, mm-hmm. minus 25%. Wow. Same month 10 years earlier, minus 8%. Same month 15 years earlier, plus 20%. It's 15 years ago, though. You yeah. have price difference, and they're making a lot more trades now than they were 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's not fun. No. For sure. So, you look at the top 10, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Marvel versus DC. It's split. DC had five. Marvel had five. Huh. It's interesting. Now, Marvel publishes more comics. We always, we always say Marvel publishes more comics, so yeah, Marvel will tend to overwhelm DC as you go further down the list, sure. of course. I mean, it's just the way it is. Uh, you look at uh, a share of overall units, Stephen. Marvel has 44%. DC has 30 Share of uh, overall uh, dollar share, 
Marvel 40%, DC 28%. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is the number of comics in the top 300 Marvel has 97 to DC 65. Hmm. Marvel publishes more comics. So yeah. the nature of the beast, they tend to catch, they tend to, tend to overtake. But let me tell you what, top 10, it's split. Five and five for DC and Marvel. That's, yeah. a, that's good for DC. Yeah. The top 25, Steven, Marvel 13, DC 12. Wow. So it, it's, okay. you, you, when you're in the top 25, it's pretty even between the two publishers, which, by the way, Steven, wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Just a little while ago. Yeah, sure wasn't the case during the New 52. Nah. <laughs> I mean, so that's a positive sign for DC. Mm-hmm. That's a very positive sign for DC. Sure. They've really done a good job since Rebirth about rehabilitating their comics. Mm-hmm. So they deserve credit for that. And, and I think Marvel has come back down to earth under the all-new, all-different initiative. I think that really put a dent into their uh, sales lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, top 40, Marvel starts to, starts, starts to break away a little bit. 22 sure. comics, one of them a Star Wars title. DC 17. Image one. Mm-hmm. Uh, top 50, Marvel 29. Two of those Star Wars, DC 20, Image one. So mm, there you go. Yeah. Uh, the only two big event titles came out, and they didn't, they're not selling that great. No. Heroes in Crisis number six, 79,006 units. That's not good for a big event title. And Return of Wolverine number five, 59,313 units. In fact, Stephen, interesting enough, in this month, and this is just terrible, uh, there was only one comic that sold over 100,000 units. Just one. Wow. And that'd be Batman Who Laughs number three. Hmm. But boy, just one title. That's rough. Yeah. You look at the debut issues for February, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Avengers No Home, uh, sorry, Avengers No Road Home number one, 64,505 units. Okay. Uh, the problem with that is when you, uh, they, they, they released more than one issue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in the month of February. <laughs> so you look at the other issues that came after it. Avengers No Road number two, No Road Home number two, 36,000 units. Ooh. And then Avengers No Road Home number three, 34,000 units. So it Ooh. dropped pretty fast yeah, from that 64,000 unit uh, start. Yes, Ooh. it is. Daredevil number one came out, Stephen, 61,566 units. I can't say I was expecting much more than that. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, unfortunately, though, Daredevil number two also came out, and it dropped all the way down to 35,763 units. Ugh. So they really don't need to stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, the, rebooting that title pretty much gave you one issue of nice sales, and that's it. And it's yeah. right back down to where it was, or trending awfully close. Uh, Wolverine Infinity Watch number one came out, 61,123 units. I don't know if people really wanted that title, but you're getting it. They bought it. Yeah. Uh, Savage Sword of Conan, number one, did better than I expected, Stephen. 47,420 units. That's hmm. honestly more than I expected. Wow. A Conan title to sell. God, you know they're going to milk that. Well, you know he's joining the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, he's joined the Avengers over on uh, Avengers No Road Home. They've now brought Conan into uh, our, our, our time. He's going to be an Avenger now. What? Steven just has this gobsmacked look on his face right now. Yeah. Is He-Man going to join the Justice League? I One can only hope. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Christ. I know. I know. Ugh. I know. I know. It, it's terrible. Wow. Reeks of desperation. Yeah. It, doesn't it? It does. It does. It does. It does, doesn't make me happy. Mm. Um, Hulk Vereen's number one, 38,477 units. That's not good. That's depressing. Star Wars Count Dooku number one, 32,316 units. Do you remember back when Star Wars titles were sales monsters before mm-hmm. Disney totally ruined the franchise? Well, yeah. And the thing is, they went downhill like way fast. Like the a comics, lot faster than you thought. The comics dropped and the merchandise, toy sales mm-hmm. dropped. 
And that's the canary in the coal mine, my friend. Yeah. Because that's who that's who that's what targets your core audience. Uh, old man quill number one. That's another answer to a question nobody was asking. Thirty-one thousand five hundred eight units. That's a bust. Yeah. Uh, just for context, Sharky Bounty Hunter number one sold thirty-one thousand three hundred ninety-nine units. Okay, Stephen. So just just almost tying Marvel's Old Man Quill number one. Sharky Bounty Hunter. Okay. <laughs> just to give you a little context. Okay. And and keep Sharky Bounty Hunter number one in mind because it outsold these Marvel and DC t- debut titles. Oh boy. Star Wars Anakin Skywalker number one, 30,626 units. Captain Marvel, bravier and mightier and stronger and better than you, number one, 28,844 units. Wonder Twins number one, from the Wonder Comics line from Brian Bendis, from the mind of Brian Bendis. Uh, This month is showing that Brian Bendis doesn't sell comics anymore. His name alone doesn't sell it. It's got to be paired up to something like Batman or Superman. Mm -hmm. Um, And he, well, that's been the case for a long time. Bendis, since I guess probably about what uh, would you say? Maybe since uh, uh, the I'd say the latter part of his Avengers run, his name, he's his sales ability really fell off a cliff. I mean, Dark Reign didn't. Uh, I'd say it sell was after crap. Secret Invasion Se- was the last one. Secret Invasion was the last one. Siege yeah. sold like crap on a stick. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really after Secret Invasion, he stopped being a sales yeah machine. He just did. People finally started to. Get wise. Yeah. I think. I like yeah. to think. I would like to think so, too. Wonder Twins number one sold uh, 27,584 units. That is 27,000 more than I thought it would sell. Yay! So. Female Furies number one. The all-feminist Female Furies number one. This As a Jack Kirby fan, I was like, oh, Female Furies, I'm, gonna, I'm all over this. And he read it, and I was like, what the hell is this comic? Did they just turn, dar- they turned Darkseed, 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 they turned Darkseid, Stephen, into a, um, a, um, a CEO who sexually harasses his staff. Oh my god! <laughs> I think Darkseid, being the very personification of evil, and having murdered entire planet, entire planets, entire populations of planets, might be enough to make him evil. Making him a sexual harasser is kind of small potatoes compared to being a guy who wipes out entire species. Yeah, but that's what you got. I don't know. I'm just imagining a comment where he it just was terrible. inappropriately hugs like Granny Goodness. That's what it is. All, oh my god. That's what it is. Oh my god. It's it's it's. I have to read this. It's so bad. It sounds amazing. Oh no, it is so bad, Stephen. <laughs> it's so bad. It becomes fantastic. <laughs> it is so bad. It becomes yes. fantastic, and you end up laughing hilariously at all the scenes <laughs> that you're not supposed to be laughing at. By the way, <laughs> that is. The greatest thing I've ever heard in my it is. life. <laughs> it is. It sold 26,515 units. Oh. And I think those 26,515 people were like me expecting a Jack yeah. Kirby title. And we're like, what? I would expect that to be far under 26,000 with a second issue. Yeah. It's already, that's, a, that's not a great debut number in the first place. Uh, Love Romance is number one. Uh, unsurprisingly, 14,594 units. Not too sure why that title got rolled out by Marvel. And What is that? I don't know. I didn't read it. And Gunhawks number one from Marvel, 13,571 units. Who? Gunhawks. It's like really bad westerns. It was terrible. And I like <laughs> and I like westerns. And it was terrible. <laughs> uh, so the debut issues, not 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 much there. Not much really tearing up the charts with the debut issues. 
Let's take a look at the how, how the minority titles are selling. Who's right. selling the best? Miles is still your best-selling minority title. Yeah. Surprising nobody. Miles Morales, Spider-Man number three, sold 35,048 units. Not a good number, but in the context of minority titles, number one. Yeah. There you go. Black Panther number nine in the second spot with 23,052 units. Not good. Mm. Number three is Black Panther versus Deadpool number five, 19,699 units. That's horrible. Naomi number two is in the fourth spot, Stephen. 15,838 units. That's abysmal. Only the second issue, and you're in the 15,000 unit range. That is hideous. Yeah. But fourth overall for minority leads. In the fifth spot is Iron Heart number three, 14,189 units. My God, did that drop Oof. off a cliff? That's horrible. Kick Ass number 12 is in the sixth spot, 13,187 units. Number seven, Shuri number five, 13,105 units. These are horrible numbers. Number eight spot, Miss Marvel number 38, 12,374 units. What? Oh, so that's why they canceled that book. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, what's going to happen is the number one issue will sell probably double that, and then it'll be right back down where it was by the yeah. second or third issue. Probably. Again, there's a disconnect between what the internet tells us, Stephen, and what sales numbers tell us. Mm-hmm. Number nine spots, Killmonger number 10, 10,000, uh, uh, whatever it is, 10,679 units. What? We don't know what number it is. I know. <laughs> sideways number 13, 9,625 oh. units, which breaks my heart because you and I love Sideways. We love that title. Sideways is a great title, and uh, it's in the 9,000 range, Stephen. That's so sad. That's why it's getting canceled. I'm going to cry. Silencer number 14, 8,302 units. Oh, no. Yeah, that's it. You and I like the new age of hero titles, and that's just, ugh, that's terrible. Yeah. That's why they're all getting canceled. Yeah, that's true. DC will cancel the titles, unlike Marvel. <laughs> and in the last spot, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, number 40, 5,599 units. That's, I'm fascinated by this time. I want to see how low it'll go before Marvel will cancel it. How low? <laughs> Two units? <laughs> the writer and the writer's mom. <laughs> I mean, we're almost there. Not even their dad, just their mom. <laughs> yes. So female lead titles doing much, much better, Stephen, than yeah. minority lead titles. Female lead titles do much better. Hmm. Wonder Woman takes the top two spots, number 65 and number 64, take the top two spots. 65 sells 46,007 units, 64, 45,866 units. In the third spot, Captain Marvel number two, remember Captain Marvel number one, Pope said a nice sales number. Mm-hmm. It was a nice sales number. It was in the high 60s or 70s, I think. Yeah. Well, Captain Marvel number two, 37,380 units. Mm. Right back to where <laughs> they keep it, – it's the very definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Yeah. They publish a Marvel Captain Marvel title. It bombs in the sales numbers. They cancel it. Mm-hmm. And they come out with a new one with a number one issue. Yeah. And it bombs in the sales, and so they cancel it and come out with another number one issue. Yeah. And it bombs in the sales, and they cancel it and come out with another number one issue. And it bombs, and it just, they've done this now, what are we, now the sixth time now in the past five years, six years? It over and over, and yes, the number one issue will always give you a nice number, because it's got mm-hmm. a number one issue on the cover. It has number yeah. one on the cover. And then with the second, third, fourth issue, you're right back down to where you are. In the second issue, she's already at 37,000 units. That will be in the 20,000 range mm-hmm. by issue four or five, yeah. right where it was before, because nobody cares. You can cancel it and restart it every year for the next 10 years. The result's going to be the same. Yep. The character's not popular. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> Numbers don't lie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So- 
It's like, just stop canceling it and just let it go. Right. Let it go on. And if you want to subsidize the title and you don't care how much it sells, then just do that. But stop yeah. canceling it and restarting it. It's not going to change. Yeah. It's, God, I just, like, they, they have three whole big, giant bundles of the Kelly Sue DeConnick run. Mm-hmm. It's like, that one didn't sell very well, but they let that one go. So yep. what's the what's the difference? What's the problem? Exactly. They didn't even need to restart that one. Nope. Just keep it going. Mm-hmm. And that way, if it gets to a hundred, oh, big one hundred, whatever issue, you can yep. you can publicize that. Mm-hmm. It, I don't, I don't, I don't get their approach to this. It I don't get it either. No sense. I don't get it either, Stephen. It makes no sense to me. Um, the four spot Harley Quinn number fifty eight, thirty six thousand ten units. Mm-hmm. Five spot Catwoman number eight, thirty two thousand three hundred sixty units. Number six spot Batgirl number thirty two, twenty nine thousand eight hundred thirty nine units. Number seven spot, Captain Marvel, braver, mightier, stronger, badder, better than you. Number one, <laughs> 28,844 units. Uh, eight, Female Furies, number one, 26,515 units. Number nine, oh, X-23, there she is. Number nine, 25,845 <laughs> units. Number 10, Spider-Gwen, ghost spider, ghost spidery, spideriest ghost, number five, <laughs> 24,703 <laughs> units. Um, other notables, as you wrote down the list, that's the top 10. But as you pass sure. the top 10, there's Black Widow in the 12 spot, number two. Black Widow number two, 17,583 units. We did not like the first issue. I thought it was a terrible rendition of Black Widow, just a horrible rendition of her character. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what they were thinking. And people must agree, because that, that's a terrible sales number for just yeah. your second issue, Stephen. That's horrible. Um, in the 14th spot is Old Lady Harley number five, 15,580 units. Again, a comic no one was asking for. Yeah. And let's keep, yeah, can we find something else interesting? Well, uh, you know, there's some bad sales numbers in there once you get out of, you know, I mean, well, once you get past, you know, Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, out of the top 10 titles, Stephen, DC has one, two, three, four, five, six of the top 10 titles. Marvel takes uh, four. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Marvel's at least making it almost even in the top 10 now. One Room is still the most popular, by far. Yeah. And I, and I still say that DC has the more compelling female leads. Mm-hmm. Still. I agree. Yeah. Um, the all-new, all-different titles, they're still kicking in there, Stephen. They're still hanging in. They're, they're, Marvel is not going to admit defeat. They're not going to admit defeat, Stephen. No way. Let's see how they're doing. Number one spot, Miles Morales, Spider-Man number three, like we said, 35,408 units. That makes sense. I get, I get still publishing the title. I get it. You're in the mid-30s, and he's always going to be around 30,000. That's where he, I mean, it's only the number three issue. He's already at 35. He'll probably bottom out around 30,000 issues. That's normally his water level for his yeah. titles. Um, maybe high 20s, the worst. Sure. Uh, number two, Champions. Number two, Steven. Only the second issue of Champions. Only the second issue. 18,953 units. Oh, that's horrendous. Wow, that is a drop. Yeah. Huge drop. Ironheart number three, 14,189 units. Abysmal. Mm-hmm. Number four spies, West Coast Avengers number eight, Stephen. 13,640 units. The answer to the question, can we make a worse comic book than the Champions? We and did the it! The answer is yes. <laughs> well, hold on. Let's see what the Champions are selling at number eight. Oh, God. They might usually... Look, they only have 5,000 units to go before they're under. They're selling below West Coast Avengers, so they might get there in five issues. That's fair. Miss <laughs> Marvel, number 38, 12,374 units. Shadowstar, number five. Number five. It's only the fifth issue, Stephen. 8,514 units. Wow. What? <laughs> what? 
Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number 41, 7,990 units. These numbers are... <laughs> I just, I'm laughing so much because it used to be back in the day that if you dare sell one unit below 30,000, Marvel just canceled you. Yep. You were dead in the water. Um, that's before Mama Disney came along. Yeah, that's right. Unstoppable Wasp, number five. Oh, God. 5,000... 5,862 units. <laughs> and then Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 40 at 5,599 units. These are just atrocious. It's just atrocious. To see Marvel going from the company that would cancel anything that dare sniff the 30,000 unit mark <laughs> to subsidizing titles, Steven. These are nine all new, all different titles. Eight of these nine are selling 18,000 units or less. Yeah. As low as 5,000. It's just, just amazing. And look, it shows that uh, I guess Disney's like, we don't care if you make money. <laughs> yeah. Well. That's a lot of titles to subsidize, Steven. Yeah. I, I, I just. <laughs> I, I mean, Disney doesn't care, Marvel doesn't care. Yep. The opposite. I mean, obviously, a, a Brie, Brievert, whatever, how you say his name is, dumbass is what I call Brevoort. him. Brevoort. <laughs> um, is, yep. he's, he's asleep at the wheel. Yep. So. There you go. It must be great. The, but the, the internet the, will tell you these titles are all successes. I, I just want to see <laughs> the numbers that, that they're seeing that say, yeah, sure, let's do it. I mean, there's some stuff that we can't account for yep. that they have the numbers for. No I want to see it. I would love Whole to see transparency. It. Love it. Uh, <laughs> and last but not least, uh, Bendis' Wonder Comics. There are three titles. There's more yeah. coming, of course, but mm-hmm. there are three currently out. And they're doing eh. You've got Young Justice number two is your best-selling one. 37,081 units. That's what I figured. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's not, not an amazing number, but you know, this day and age, it's okay, I guess. Yeah. Um, Wonder Twins number one, like we said, 27,584 units. And Naomi number two, 15,838 units. So... I would imagine Wonder Twins will be right down there with Naomi yeah. by the second issue as well. More than likely, yeah. So I don't know how these Wonder Comics, line of comics, I don't know if they're going to last much longer than the New Age of Hero comics, Stephen. Don't know. Yeah. It depends on how much they want to just uh, make Bendis happy by subsidizing his comics. I assume they'll keep Young Justice. If I it, think so, too. But that's probably because of the show and because yep. they needed those characters back anyway. So. Yep. Agreed. All right, my friend. All right. Uh, that's it for the sales numbers. Let me lay on you some news titles, shall I? Let me lay on to you a few things from the news that might catch your attention. Okay. Guess what? Bill and Ted. Yes. Face the music. It's got a summer 2020 release. Dude. Dude. Excellent. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. What do you? Th- you know, Stephen. I grew up. <laughs> I grew up with Bill and Ted. Okay. So I adore Bill and Ted. Yes. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, one of my all-time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, anyone in my age who grew up with it, they're going to love it. I was a kid when it came out. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I don't know if 2020 Bill and Ted will have the same relevance or appeal. It is, um, I don't think the current generation would find Bill and Ted very funny. It's not, uh, hmm. I don't know. My boys watched it and were like, Okay, they like parts of it. They like sure. parts of it. I, I don't know. Just stuff from the '80s tends to be not um, clean and PC enough for stuff for, for present day audiences. Sure. So you're gonna have to really drastically change 
change the franchise. Mm. Uh, what do you think, Bill and Ted? You think it'll do well in 2020? Well, there's a lot of people still around from the 80s who have money, so yep. I assume it will make, uh, depending on how much they spend on it, which I hope is not much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't really need to be. Mm-hmm. That's part of the charm of the original is that it's kind of cheap. Yep. And for what they're trying to do. Yep. Um, so I, I assume it'll make enough money that they can call it a success. I hope that that's it, though. Yeah. If I'm being honest with you. I got you. I don't, um, I don't know. Just seeing them be so old is kind of depressing, personally. Yep. I mean, I mean, Keanu, you know, he's, he does look great for his age. He does. That guy looks awesome for his age. Yes. Holy cow. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, well, uh, but still to me, like, you know, I just want to remember him as Bill, young. Yeah. I just want to remember as young. It's like yeah. no one wants to see old Betty Page. Back when they were mild stallions. <laughs> right, Now exactly. they're just wild old. Exactly. They're old stallions. <laughs> exactly. Um, also out, Stephen, mm-hmm. they've announced the Danger Girl film has a director. First of all, I love me some Danger Girl. Mm-hmm. Surprising nobody. I love me some <laughs> J. Scott Campbell. Um, the director is going to be Kick-Ass 2 director Jeff Wadlow. Okay. Do you like that idea? Do you like that hire? You know, he's currently in production on Sony's Fantasy Island. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. You're like, there you go. I hope it works out. That's a good franchise. <laughs> That's a good franchise. Um, also in the news, you know, they're doing a, uh, there's a word that we're going to be getting a uh, you know, Mouse Guard film, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mouse Guard is a creator-owned boom yeah. title. Guess who is in talks to take a key role in this movie? Now, this is a Fox movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. We don't know if this movie's going to survive the merger. Uh, the, sure. merger the merger. It's not a merger. The buyout. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know if it's going to survive the buyout, but guess who is in talks? Idris Elba. Oh. Yep. Interesting. He'd, do, he's, he'd be a great voice actor. He's got a good voice. Yes, he does. I agree. I think that's a good idea. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, um, so also, listen to this, Stephen. We got yeah. some news from Detective Pikachu. <gasps> First of all, Detective Pikachu producer Al Mendez mm-hmm. would love for the studio to include all 800 Pokemon currently in existence to the big screen. Yay. What do you think <laughs> about that, Stephen? Um, well, I would have just settled for the original 151, personally, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. those are the best Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean... The more, the better. The Yeah, the why not? <laughs> Amen. Throw them all in there. Amen. Yeah, the, 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 the Al Mendez really wants to, to turn the upcoming Detective Pikachu movie, Stephen, into a full-blown Pokemon cinematic universe. Mm. multiple movies yeah multiple pokemon what do you think um, evidently legendary the rumor has it legendary is, is already working on two more pokemon films hmm well i i would like to see more detective pikachu i don't know what they would do with other car- other pokemons they one but. of the rumors is that one of the films is believed to be an adaptation of pokemon red and blue hmm mhm well i mean i guess you could do that that's mm-hmm. God, those games are so long, though. <laughs> I know, I know, right? But okay, yeah. yeah, sure. Interesting. And let me tell you what, the evidently, the early tracking number, Stephen, mm-hmm. 
pretty impressive. Yeah. It has it. Uh, it's it's right now. It's clocking in around the seventy five million range. Wow. It's very early now. It's still sure. very, very, very. But even early. to be that early, that's that's that shows a lot of uh, mm-hmm. a lot of buzz. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, another movie franchise based on a video game, Stephen. Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, my friend. So we're learning more and more, more and more about what's going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. They dropped two big reveals. Yes. Okay. They're adding Noob Salbot to the roster. Yes. And veteran actor Carrie Hiroyoku Tagawa mm-hmm. in the role of Shang Tsung. Yes. Yes. What That's do you think about that? Awesome. Yeah, um, you gotta have him, right? Yeah, he's you gotta have him. Yeah, he's the the original the he's the original Mortal Kombat bad guy. Yes. He's, he's awesome. And um, Noob Saibot, I like. I like him because um, it's interesting because he was the original Sub-Zero, and mm-hmm. he was killed, and he was brought back as this weird shadow mm-hmm. creature thingy, mm-hmm. and I just like that. I think that's awesome. Exactly. It's, it's just goofy enough. Yep. That, mm. And writer Greg Russo, who's working on the Mortal Kombat movie, said he's going to take a page from Marvel Studios' playbook. All right. He's going to take a page. Not not necessarily in the interconnected, you know. Sure. More on, he, he says, he's going to focus more on um, that the movie needs to have a certain amount of levity and fun tone. Mm-hmm. While well, there's Mortal Kombat. Yeah, right. While there's lots of violence and fighting and, you know, real stakes, that at the end of the day, it should be fun and have a sense of humor. Yes. And he goes, uh, um... He goes, the fact is, Marvel Studios movies are always fun, always cracking jokes, mm-hmm. and that's, he kind of wants, he wants to kind of tap that same vein, which I think uh, works fine with Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I think so. Right? I mean, that's that's pretty spot on. Oh, yeah. I mean, the it's, it, I mean, it's about as goofy as it gets, Thank so, you. I mean, why not? Right? right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, there's a Dora Explorer live action movie coming out during the Lost City of Gold. Will this get you more excited? Will this get you more excited? They have announced who will voice Dora's trusty companion, Boots, the monkey. Are you ready? Danny Trejo. (laughs) You're lying. No. Yes. No. There's no way. Yes. Are you serious? Absolutely. What kind of a movie is this? <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. He, he wasn't Spy Kids, you know. He was. Okay, so. But. <laughs> he wasn't a monkey. <laughs> he was not Boots the monkey. Wow. <laughs> Well, I can only assume he's going to be either only on screen for five minutes or he's going to die, <laughs> as in most of his films, other than Machete. But, wow, that's, wow. Isn't that great? That's fantastic. Yeah, that, that's awesome. That is awesome. Sounds like a mess. My boys grew up it. watching Dora the Explorer, <laughs> so I watched way too much Dora the Explorer because my boys always wanted to watch it. You know, yeah. on the map. I was like, oh my God, enough. <laughs> and stupid backpack, backpack song. Oh, my Lord. So, to me, this cartoon that I had to watch with my boys when they were mm. little, to think Danny Trejo is going to be that stupid monkey. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wrap my head around it. It's going to be great, though. It's going to be great. Wow. Um, 
Woo, okay. Starring Benicio Del Toro as the Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, also, more director news. Mm-hmm. Steven, Toxic Avenger reboot has a director now, too. Yes. Are we ready? Yes, please tell me. Actor, writer, director, Macon Blair. Yay! Best known for his roles in Blue Ruin and Green Room. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the director of Toxic Adventure. What do you think about that? You like it? Thumbs um, up? I like it a lot. He okay. also directed a movie called... Um, um, I don't. I feel out of place in this world. It's some. It's something. It's a long title, but it's on Netflix. It's also really good. Elijah Wood is in it, and okay. he's he's it's really good. Um, yeah, I like it. They th- those movies. Um, as much as I really love them, they do come from sort of a more grindhousey approach. Yes, but taken a little more seriously. So I'm excited. The Toxic Avenger is amazing. <laughs> all right, all right. So Thumbs I'm, up from Steven. Yes, perfect. Another movie got a director. You know. Um, Metal Gear Solid. Yes, I do. And John Voigt Roberts mm-hmm. is going to be directing it. Yes. Well, rumor has it, before he does that, he's going to do a monster movie. Really? Yes. Okay. You know he did uh, Kong Skull Island. Yes, right? he did. And evidently, this monster movie is going to be based on an original idea. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that curious? Interesting. I'm fa- I well, love monster. me some kaiju. Yes. I love Kong Skull Island, mm-hmm. so I'm really interested to see what uh, Voight Roberts can come up with yes. with this with this uh, monster movie. Yeah, yeah mm. I really am excited. I hope it's a really cool kaiju. Me too. And I'm super. This really got my attention. I was like, Ooh, what? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> kaiju movie? Yes, please. And since I liked his Kong Skull Island, I was all I was like, ooh, I, I can't wait to learn more. Yeah. So this should be pretty interesting. I think so too. Um, interesting. And then we got some more casting information. Scooby-Doo animated movie, Steven. Mm-hmm. Well, we're now rounding out the roster. We now have, we had already Will Forte as Shaggy, right? Mm-hmm. Gina Rodriguez as Velma. Tracy Morgan as Captain Caveman. Frank Weller as Scooby. <laughs> now we know who Fred and Daphne are going to be. Okay. Are you ready? I... Fred, mm-hmm. Zac Efron. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Daphne, Amanda Seyfried. Re- wow. Very nice. You like? I do like. I okay. like a lot. Okay, good. Good. I think, it's, I think it's pretty good, too. Yeah. I think it's pretty good, too. It fits. And... <laughs> Are you sure it's not Danny Trejo as, as <laughs> Daphne? <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird. Um, uh, but I guess no weirder than Boots the Monkey. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, rumor has it, Stephen. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you got uh, Sony's got the trying to reboot uh, Master of the Universe. Yes. They may have found their lead role oh. to play He-Man. Uh-oh. Actor Noah Centineo from All the Boys I've Loved Before. What? I, I, Are they going to put a blonde wig on him? And add like 100 pounds of muscle to him? He's like this scrawny guy with dark hair. Yeah. And dark eyes. Mm-hmm. That's going to be He-Man, who is a giant, jacked-up, blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy. Yeah. What? 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 And that <laughs> He-Man look is pretty freaking iconic. It'd be like yeah. casting a blonde Superman and not dyeing his hair. Yeah. That would be weird. Yeah, that's true. That would be weird. I mean... Th- and th- this guy's tiny. Yeah. that's that's He's tiny. That's more of the problem, I think. Yeah, I mean, you could dye his hair blonde. That's not a big deal. Yeah. Throw a wig on him, whatever. But <laughs> he's tiny. Yeah. He-Man. Mm. Okay. We'll see how that works out, Steven. True. Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> we will see. Uh, I don't know. Uh, from DC, a little bit of news from DC, Stephen. Okay. We're going to touch on um, the Shazam news right mm-hmm. before you review. Okay. But I want to say it's official. Warner Brothers has a new leader. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sujihara. Uh, t- 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 Sujihara. He's out. Bye. Yeah. I'll be interested to see who they get in to st- come in there. That's some big, big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, uh, to his credit, he left. He did willingly. Mm-hmm. There was no big fight at the studio. Nope. He just, at least that we know of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> backed off. I'm. I have a couple of ideas as to who I think. Could, well, I think I have one main person. But Who's I think, that? Um, Toby Emmerich. Oh, okay. I think would be the one. Okay, all right. But I could be wrong, it, and it's not up to Warner Brothers. It's up to AT and T. That is true. That's so, fair point. Fair point. Yep. They they may be looking for somebody a little different. You're right. You're absolutely which right. Which makes me a little nervous. Yep. This what? is this is a big hire right here. This is a yeah. big hire. Mm-hmm. And, Wonder and how how much how much they had to pay to keep this buried so they could get approved. Yep. By the government. Mm-hmm. Mm. No doubt about it. Um. From the world of Disney, Stephen. Oh uh-huh. my goodness, do we have some news coming Lots from of, Disney? First of all, of surprising absolutely nobody, mm-hmm. absolutely nobody, but Disney just hired Daredevil, Netflix's Daredevil TV creator and Defenders executive producer Drew Goddard. Okay. Wow, because all these people rending their their hair and, and, and wailing against the wind and clutching their <laughs> pearls over Netflix canceling all these shows. Yeah. People, Disney Plus is coming right around the corner. Relax. Well, it's, it, if it's not going to be yeah. Disney Plus, it's going to be on Hulu. You're going to get your Daredevil show. Well, you're going to get in, it in two years. Right. When well, you have might have to wait. To those characters. You <laughs> might wait, but you're going to get it. You're yeah. going to get it. And you hired this. Come on. I don't know how much more you want to telegraph what you're yeah, doing. Yeah. Come on. The guy who's behind Defenders and Daredevil. Come on. Yeah, they're they're. Well, I don't think you want to proudly display defenders on your. Well, resume, true, but... true, true. No, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt, no doubt. But I think you're gonna you're gonna see it's either gonna be on Disney Plus or Hulu. But you're gonna see those TV shows. Yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, I read online that um that uh, that kind of tossed out the concept of now that Disney has officially bought Fox. Uh-huh. That's official. It happened this week, Stephen. We okay. should probably talk about that. The first casualty has already been announced. Yeah. Fox 2000. Mm-hmm. You're out. Yep. You are out. Mm-hmm. You are the odd duck in the water. It, 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 you know, Fox 2000, you know, to be fair, was, was kind of weird because it didn't make the big, big blockbusters that 20th Century Fox made. Mm-hmm. And it didn't make the indie darlings that Searchlight made. Yeah. So it was kind of this weird in-between well, you know what I mean. It's weird. It's the weird in between for the system nowadays. Back like right in the old days, it was the standard. You know, the yeah. mid budget. You don't spend too much. Yep. But you know, it, and there used to be so many good mid mid budget movies back yeah. in the seventies, seventies mm-hmm. and eighties, mm-hmm. sixty. Well, shoot, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties. Really, until about the nineties. Yeah, that was when the the micro budget started coming up. I mean, mm-hmm. like I mean, they made uh, Fox two thousand was responsible for Fight Club, uh-huh. for example, mm-hmm. one of those fantastic movies. Mm-hmm. But I guess the mid budget film is dead. Yep, yep. Disney, if it, well, Disney has added to its repertoire because now they're going to take Bob Iger's pocket change. 
Yep. And try to win Oscars. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and that, when they put that banner up, they put, like, the Shape of Water, like, right there in the middle. It's like, we are yep. proud of this thing that we bought. <laughs> yes, sir. A uh, searchlight is safe. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, those things are cheap as, as mm-hmm. hell to make, so there's no way. But, yeah, you're right. The day of the mid-budget movie is dead. It's either going to be a blockbuster or it's going to be a very, very cheap indie darling movie. Yeah. And that's it. Nothing in between. So Unfortunate. I, I'm not surprised. I can't. I mean, it, it was surprising that it came out this soon. Like, we're going to, let's, how about we, you know, reorganize or take stock? But I guess they just, you know, some people assume rather uh, cynically that it was just, uh, well, what does this one do? Well, I don't know. What does this one do? I don't know. Pick one you want to get rid of. Oh, uh, that one over there. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Yep. But we'll, uh, I don't know. I mean, they may expand Searchlight to make basically mid-budget films. They might. They might. That's what Warner Brothers does. Like, Mm -hmm. their prestige films are basically indie movies with a bigger budget. So, you know. Absolutely. It could could turn out that way. I don't know. Well, I still don't even know how this whole thing is going to work. It's interesting. They got... Well, look, Stephen, on TV, Disney now gets... Mm -hmm. uh, So, they get... 20th, 20th Century Fox Television, FX yeah. Productions, mm-hmm. and Fox 21. Yeah. And from them, you're going to get stuff like The Americans, mm-hmm. This Is Us, Modern Family, The Simpsons. They're also getting um, FX Networks mm-hmm. and National Geographic. Yep. That's a lot of TV. Yes, That's a is. lot of TV. Mm-hmm. And on the movie side of things, they shuttered Fox 2000, yeah. but they still retain... 20th Century Fox, Fox mm-hmm. Searchlight, Fox Family, and Fox Animation. I wouldn't be surprised if those two are merged into other parts yes. of Disney. Agreed. Yeah. And that gives them access, of course, to big franchises like X-Men, Fantastic Four, Avatar, mm-hmm. and Ice Age. I wouldn't call that a big franchise. Well, <laughs> but one that has made a lot of money. That is true. It has made a lot of money, that no doubt true. about it. Um, so... And, and, of course, they get the 30% of Hulu that Fox mm-hmm. had, so they now own 60%. And on top of it, rumor has it they're going to buy the 10% from AT&T that they own, which would then give them 70% with NBC there as 30%. Mm-hmm. So uh, what I do find interesting is, you know, of course, I looked at everything through the eyes of theme parks. Sure. You know, what does the Fox acquisition give them they could put in a theme park? And honestly, yeah. you know, aliens, you get aliens, you get Predator, but... You can't really fit them anywhere in a theme park. I mean, they had that alien ex- alien breakout ride back in the day in the '90s under Michael Eisner that was basically an alien ripoff that terrified kids and was just that didn't didn't work. That didn't work. So they had to shutter that. So I don't think you're gonna bring Predator or Aliens into any of the Disney theme parks. That would surprise me. You're not gonna see Simpsons because they're over at Universal Studios already. You're not going to see any of the Marvel stuff in Disney World because of the contract Marvel had with Universal, mm-hmm. east of the Mississippi. Yep. And so that brings us back to Ice Age being an animated series that did make them a lot of money. They might try to take a crack at that. Possible. You could see something like that maybe at a theme park. Avatar is already yeah. at Animal Kingdom. Maybe they expand that land now that they own Avatar. That's a possibility. Possibly. Um, uh, no, okay, uh, no, a certainty. Right, a right, certainty. right. What's What's interesting is <laughs> as you're looking at all these assets they have and that they're now getting, 
you know, immediately everybody wants to talk about what? They want to talk about Fantastic Four and X-Men, right? Mm-hmm. And I saw online people analyzing this acquisition and what Disney might do with Fox uh, assets, Fantastic Four and X-Men in particular. Mm-hmm. X-Men, are, look, that's, that's the new MCU right there. Feige is going to pivot and focus on X-Men. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. X-Men movies, they've had misses. They've sure. also had hits, though. Yeah. Fantastic Four has had nothing but misses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about this idea? What if Disney revamps Fantastic Four as a TV show on Disney Plus first before mm. trying to test the big, the-, the big screen in the movie theaters? Or does Disney go, nope, that's a big screen property? I think they're going to try to put that on the big screen. Okay. Yeah, I think I think I think the TV is um, for the properties they don't think are going to do well. That's why Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. on it without Captain America at least. Right, right. I think that's why those are on TV. Right. But you know, I think Fantastic Four you kind of have to put it on a big screen. I mean, I know they're going to spend a lot, but it's it's not going to be the same seeing Galactus on your laptop mm-hmm. as opposed to seeing it in a theater. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and I think Kevin Feige still wants. To retain part of the, you know, cinematic experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was under the tutelage of Richard Donner, for mm-hmm. God's sake. He he loves movies, so I think that's where he's gonna he's gonna put them at least. And I mean, they spent all that money, you know, they might as well. I think that they're gonna put out as much content in a theater as possible because that's how you yep. get your money back. Yes, you know. So we'll 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 see. But I would be shocked if they did the TV thing first. Indeed. Uh, would would be interesting though. You know, I guess west of the Mississippi and in their international parks, they're free to go ahead and start putting X Men and Fantastic Four in everywhere they want now. Yep. Which I'm expecting. You know, they've already done that with all the Avengers characters and Spider Man. Why not? Why not start seeing the FF and X Men? Yeah. Um, you know, in the other parks, mm-hmm. that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I do think that you could see there. There was a franchise I think Stephen Fox had that might do well at a Disney park. That might do well with a new movie, Anastasia. She's a princess. That She's is a true. princess, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that would be a good match, wouldn't it? I think so. I would be stunned if Disney let somebody that wasn't one of theirs be a princess. Right, right. Um, hmm. Not at the museum. That would play well. I think that would. I think that would play well at yeah. a Disney theme park, and maybe so a new rebooting that franchise. Yeah, yeah. I could see maybe like an if I mean. Depending on how the next one does, but doing like a, they had the Murder on the Orient Express. Yes. So they could do a ride with yes, that. Yes, absolutely. That'd be interesting. And National Geographic, I don't know why, <laughs> I think, why did I think of this in the first place, yeah. Stephen? You're going to see National Geographic somewhere at Animal Kingdom. Oh, yeah. You, you ha- it, it, it mm-hmm. doesn't make, it, it's just too perfect of a match, right? Yeah. You, you got to leverage that National Geographic mm-hmm. asset yep. in Animal Kingdom. That's a perfect match. Yeah. And I think it would be a brilliant move. The free solo experience. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Be careful, kids. It's a long drop. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, what is interesting, Stephen, I didn't know this, but do you know what else Disney acquired when they purchased Fox? Hmm. They also acquired, this is weird. I didn't know this. Hmm. Okay. Okay. But Fox, um, Fox had the rights to 11 Boom Studio titles. Really? Yes. Yes, they did. Hmm. Mouse Guard being one of them that we yeah. mentioned. Um, and isn't that interesting? 
Hmm. Uh, they had uh, Goldie Vance and uh, Boom's Lumberjanes. Oh, I could see that coming they were to both, Disney Plus. They for were sure. both. Um, so, but let me ask you this: now that these are no, now that Fox is owned by Disney, mm-hmm. does Disney roll out a Lumberjanes uh, movie? Given their, mm, they're they're not they're not. Uh, Disney is not conservative, but they like to play it safe. Sure. And so do they want to roll out a movie that has, um, all where their leads are queer and transgender characters? Because um, that's what Lumberjanes is. Yeah, it right? is. And Goldie Vance, too, I think. Maybe I'm not, not sure Goldie about Vance. That one. But I know for sure Lumberjanes. For sure Lumberjanes mm. does. Yeah, they would do. Disney, would Disney roll out a movie? In this day and age, mm-hmm. where the leads are queer and transgender, I assume if they're going to do it, they're going to do it animated, and I think in that way you could you could downplay it. So you don't think Disney would roll out one that really puts it out there? No, no, no. I would agree with you. On that. I w- I w- I would be shocked. Disney lives in fear yeah. of the parent mafia. Mm-hmm. And the last thing they want to do is get – right now, Disney is known for being safe yeah. media to give to your kids. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't touch on anything that too, – Yeah, too, too much. Too controversial yeah. or too whatever that some parents may not want their kids being exposed to. Yeah. And whether you like it or not, I'm not, I'm not drawing a – I'm not drawing a stand on I'm, – I'm a firm as – I'm firmly libertarian. You live your life as how the hell you want to live your life. Mm-hmm. I could. I don't believe anyone should tell you how you get to live your life. Not the government, not another person, period. End of story. As long as you're not hurting anybody, that's my only rule. Yeah. Are you hurting anybody? No? Go for it. <laughs> All right, that says it. You got consent, and you're not hurting anybody. Go for it. I don't care. It's your body. It's your life. You do what you want. You get one shot on this planet. Mm-hmm. Do whatever you want with your life. Yeah. But at the same time, Disney markets themselves as very safe media for kids, and like it or not, there are plenty of parents out there who don't would not want their kids consuming that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm taking a radical stance by saying that. I think there are plenty of parents like that. Yeah. So there are. Disney's is would I don't think Disney would do would do what Fox would do with it. No. Um, what I think, and this would be the better marketing ploy, at least in terms of getting the internet to shut up about it, mm-hmm. is that um, they could say, "Well, why do we have to make a big deal about it?" Can't they just be who they are? We don't have to stop the movie to go, oh, look mm-hmm. at how lesbian they are. Oh, look at how transgender this person is. Mm-hmm. And somebody can, so probably not one of the big execs who can't talk like regular people. Right. But like, I mean, have somebody come out and say, I mean, to me, it's it's more important to show them just being regular characters. You mm-hmm. know, you know, you know, it's mentioned, but... So it's kind of I like don't they, see why we have to make a big deal about it. How it's, they handled uh, LeFou in Beauty and the Beast? Well, that was just that was that was a dog whistle to the liberals. So That's you don't think was. it'll be handled like that? No, I don't. Oh th- no, you I don't mean, think they would do that? I mean, that was uh, that felt really forced. Like, okay. okay, if it's if it's just part of the property, I think. I mean. This is part of the thing about what they did with Fox 2000. I think they, they could learn from was one of the movies last year was Love Simon, which mm-hmm. was a movie was about a kid that was gay who mm-hmm. was trying to find his love or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that movie was handled like 
a classic John Hughes style comedy. Mm-hmm. The only reason that the gay thing was an issue at all was because um, it was an issue like with other people. It wasn't the movie was like, look, he's a person like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Just let it go. And that was the whole point of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it comes to that conclusion at the end. It's not a big, like, huge, like, message thing. The right. message is that he's a person. He deserves love like everybody else. Right. Great. Okay. And that's what I really liked about that. I think they could take a page from that and just say, yeah, that's what they are. So what? Right. Who cares? We don't have to stop and say, look at this. Look how liberal we right. are. Just say, yeah, they're like that. Okay. Now let's have some weird, wacky adventure. Mm-hmm. That will make decent amounts of money, if not all the money, because okay. I because th- those are because that, that title is very I could see it doing very well as an animated movie. Okay, personally. Okay, so. good enough, good enough. It'd be interesting to see what happens. No doubt about it. Yes, very I I don't think that's going to be one they're going to sit on. Okay, so. all right. Very curious. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we got some Star Wars news. Not sure. a lot, a little mm-hmm. bit. Evidently, the uh, new Star Wars trilogy will be set in the old republic. The new okay. trilogy from David uh, Benioff yeah, and D.B. Wise mm-hmm. will be set in the Old Republic. All right. Good. And it's like they finally listened to the fans. The one thing you can guarantee, though, the main character will be easily packaged as a princess. Yeah. You can take that to the bank. You're, I, I, people don't want to hear it. Yeah. That is going to happen. I guarantee you they're not going to pass <laughs> up a character that they can market to girls at their theme parks mm-hmm. and their cruises. Mm-hmm. I'm just letting you know the main character is going to be able to be packaged as another space princess, just like Ray. Yeah. Just, it, it, take it to the bank. They just won't put it in nope. the, 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 the franchise of the princesses because right. Star Wars is enough of a franchise on its own. Right. And no cross-pollination is allowed. Right. Right. It's funny, though. When they didn't <laughs> own, when Disney didn't own Star Wars, mm-hmm. they had when they had a license with Lucasfilm to use Star Wars, though, in the theme parks. Mm-hmm. At, at Disney World and Disneyland, it was cross pollination all the time. Really? You had you had dark you had, you'd have two little figures you could buy goofy as Darth Vader, uh, Mickey Mouse as Luke Skywalker, hmm. little figures you could have uh, bed prints you could buy poster prints with you know the classic Disney characters like Star Wars. Star characters. Wars, yeah. There was tons of it, but hmm. the minute they bought it, the minute they bought Star Wars, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! We have to protect the integrity of these characters. What? What happened when you didn't own them? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, funny? that's what they do with the princesses. Isn't that funny? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. but I, th- I think that's a guarantee as, as far as the lead character. Mm-hmm. Take it to the bank, Steve. Yeah. You're not going to get a trilogy based on a lead character like Luke Skywalker. Not on, not when Disney's got the property. No. Not going to happen. Definitely not on nope. one like in the, the games that nope. the entire world is based off of. Nope. God. Nope, nope, nope. Um, <laughs> and the last bit of news, Stephen, Disney's to revive Lucasfilm Games. Didn't need to be shut down in the first place. Thank you. Thank you. It was founded back in 82 by George Lucas. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it was shut down. Yep. Some of the some of the best games that I've ever played have come through there. Yep. Um, they were a lead in the... The adventure game business for a long time. That's where yep. Sam and Max mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. um, God. What's that? What's that really? The 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 one where it's like the Day of the Dead, but it's like a noir. I don't a gr- grim something. Mm-hmm. God, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the name. Uh, 
whatever. You, you, if anybody who plays games, they know what I'm talking about. Mercenaries came through there. I love that game. And the Force Unleashed was their last good one. I thought I really liked that one. Yep. Um, actually had a cool story that Disney promptly got rid of. Um, thanks, guys. So mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad to see it back. It's great that it's back, though. It is it's great that it's back. It's good. I news. am concerned because Disney has shown a complete lack of intelligence when it comes to dealing with games. Mm-hmm. So I hope they get some talented people yep. in charge. So amen to that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stephen, before we leave Disney behind, I saw one t- one article. I had to run past you. Sure. Because I just found this was just this was just oh my god. Yeah. First of all, there's a woman who just had a baby a couple weeks ago or whatever. He na- she named her child uh, Disney. <laughs> and this is where it starts. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a a a husband. Wait, let's go ahead. Grand Fandango. That's the name. That's it. There you go. Anyways, Thank you. Please. Yes. <laughs> uh, there is a couple, husband and wife, in the UK mm-hmm. who are looking to hire a nanny. The job, Stephen, pays fifty-two thousand dollars a year. That's a, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Requirements include you having a clean driving license, first aid training, mm-hmm. and a minimum of two years' experience in nannying or a similar role. Hmm. So, what do you think? Fifty-two grand to be a nanny? Mm. Not bad. Yeah. Well, Stephen, there's one catch. Yeah, your name has to be Mary Poppins. Well, they um, they they have two daughters. Mm-hmm. Five-year-old daughters. They must be twins. Sure. The catch is you will have to work in character as a different Disney princess every month. <laughs> well, I clearly couldn't do that. <laughs> so. <laughs> wow. You will also take a cue from Mary Poppins and arrange a variety of Disney-related activities for the girls, including arts and crafts, baking, and singing. <laughs> Stephen, look on his face. What kind of people are these? <laughs> are they are they trying to make their children like um, socially deformed or something? In addition to the fifty-two thousand dollars a year, God. the family will also cover the cost of all the Disney princess costumes. Oh, the costumes. <laughs> Great. Not any of the arts and crafts we're going to have to put together. I assume that's covered as well. Uh, <laughs> A different Disney princess in full costume, month. in full character. Yeah. Every month. God, that's going to get insensitive <laughs> real fast. <laughs> <laughs> which which one do you... I assume it's going to be a white person. It's British people, of course. So, <laughs> which, um, which, so which, um, which princess do you want me to be this month, little girl? I want you to be Tiana. Oh, mm-hmm. oh not doing that. Mm-hmm. Are pass. You, are you sure? That's a hard pass right there. <laughs> that's a hard pass. Um, oh, boy. They expose them to the internet. They'll change their tune very quickly. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, not much from the world of, uh, of DC, uh, DC Universe streaming news, Stephen. They did sure. do two casting. We know that uh, who Deathstroke is now, mm-hmm. right, for the Titan show. Yes. Asai Morales. Mm-hmm. Um, you would think they might cast for his two children, Jericho and Ravager, maybe two Latin actors. It would help with diversity, right? Mm-hmm. Morales is Hispanic. Yes. Two more Hispanics in the show wouldn't hurt. It would give some diversity to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, just considering, you know, the cast doesn't have any. So that, that that's not a bad <laughs> idea, right? Yeah. No. 
<laughs> no, no, we're not. That's, that's one too many Latins. Can't have that many on a TV show, Stephen, mm-hmm. evidently. So even though we have Morales being Deathstroke, the uh, character, the, the actress for Ravager will be Chelsea Zhang. Mm-hmm. Isn't, isn't Rose Wilson like part Asian, I think? Is she? I don't know. I don't remember. For some reason, I thought she was. She always looked like a white girl to me. But I, maybe, maybe, maybe it's the artists have never drawn her the right way. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Tiger Woods is part Asian, too, so uh, you can't see that. So. No, no, no. <laughs> and, uh, his, and Jericho will be played by Chella Man. YouTuber. Oh, God. A YouTuber. Not, oh. not, a, not a classically trained actor. Well, I guess maybe it's classically trained. Classically trained. <laughs> a YouTuber. Um, I don't That's know. Amazing. Uh, but if DC was playing intersectional Yahtzee, mm-hmm. they would have just won the game with this casting. Oh. He is. Mm-hmm. Ready? Yes. Jewish. Okay. Mm, Chinese. Okay. Gay. Okay. Transgendered. Okay. And deaf. Okay. They just want inter- intersectional Yahtzee. No one else play the game. You're d- just stop Disney. D- 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 Warner Brothers. D- yeah, they won. Sorry, bingo. Warner Brothers just won the game. <laughs> they, they, you're done. And what did so, they win? They tripped to Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> so there is, uh, there is uh, your Ravager, Ravager, and uh, uh, Jericho. Mm-hmm. I. It's very different. I will give yeah. them that. This is a very different interpretation of the characters, and I guess I will uh, withhold judgment till I see the TV show. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's uh, it's not like the comic. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so we'll we'll see how this all shakes out in the wash when the show when season two comes out, Stephen. That is true. Right. Honestly, season one wasn't that fantastic. The, the DC streaming shows haven't really impressed me that much. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of reminds me of. CW level acting and CW level writing hmm. with a bit more naughty words and <laughs> blood. I've I've heard a lot of people like Doom Patrol. I've not seen that one yet. I've only seen Titans. Oh, okay. I've only seen Titans. Yeah, I've heard that so one. So maybe Doom Patrol is much, much better than Titans. Yeah. Because Titans color me not impressed. <laughs> well, yeah. Not impressed. <laughs> um, before we go to Shazam, Stephen, okay. and hit your, your mini review of Shazam, mm-hmm. DC... Comics actually announced some news. Uh-oh. Brian Hitch is leaving Hawkman <gasps> with issue number 12. He will take over two new DC projects going forward, though. He is still DC exclusive. Okay. So he's got two new uh, two new DC projects. So we'll see what they are. Mm-hmm. Bummed that he's leaving Hawkman, but yes. what are you going to do? And he said helming or he's taking control of? Doing the art. We don't know. Okay. Okay. We don't know. I thought you meant like he was gonna go right. Oh, no, like, we don't. Oh God, that. no. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. We've we've already tried yes. that. That's not. Isn't fun. isn't there some big yeah. news from Marvel? Oh, we're gonna get there. Certain. Yeah, we're gonna get there. Okay. Uh, DC sense. also announced that Scott Snyder and Francesco Francavilla will be Ooh. teaming up again to do a new horror theme title. Yay! What do you think about that? Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. All right. I feel like at first that was what they they kept him on with. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do your American Vampire as long as you write Batman and do all this. But now I think he's firmly entrenched. Oh, but it's good that they're letting him do yes. something that he likes, like he really likes doing. So. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. And good the last him. and the last thing for uh, um, for DC is they mm-hmm. are now seeking a new managing editor to oversee the entire comics division. 
Wow. The last time that they had a managing editor, editor, <laughs> the last time they had a managing editor was in the 1980s when the great Dick Giordano had mm-hmm. that position. Wow. You know, I, I, I like this idea. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a managing editor who oversees all five of the publishing lines, DC, Vertigo, Black Label, Ink, and Zoom. Yeah. I think hmm. um, uh, someone with uh, good vision, mm-hmm. keep things in line, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Not a bad idea. That, because, like, there's been, I've had discussions with people about, okay, so what, did, what do they need to do to, like, make comics, like, not, like, necessarily popular but more profitable right and um one of the things has been that they need younger executives but Mm -hmm. i think this one they can afford to have somebody who has a lot more experience yeah given this position i think so yeah i think so (laughs) i think so go younger with the when you're talking editors on specific titles maybe yeah or salespeople yeah advertising yeah yeah but this one i think needs a little may need a little experience yes absolutely someone who hasn't completely given up yes certain people Freeport. Yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, Marvel Comics, Stephen, as you said, yes. has announced a little bit of news. Yes, they have. A little bit of news. And you know what mm-hmm. that news is? Jonathan Hickman is back. Yes. He is back. And um, hey, guess what he's writing? He is writing the X-Men. Yes. That's right. The X-Men. Very interesting. It's he's gonna be writing two X Men titles. Mm-hmm. They are both miniseries. Yes. So we're not looking at long term Jonathan Hickman. Not yet. Not yet. We'll we'll see. We'll see. T- t- to be determined. <laughs> right now they're just said it's two limited series. Mm-hmm. One of them is called House of X. The other one is called Powers of X. Mm-hmm. Pepe Larraz will illustrate House of X. R B Silva illustrate Powers of X. Mm-hmm. Marte Garcia, uh, sorry Gracia. We'll provide colors for both series. All right. Um, so it's very. I am. I am quite curious about this. Mm-hmm. It is supposed to lay the foundation for a brand new era for the X Men franchise. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to redefine the X Men and their place in the Marvel universe. I.e. Do away with everything we have done to this franchise yeah. in the past, <laughs> I don't know, what do you think, past 10 years while we were warring yeah. with Fox? Mm-hmm. I.e., forget the last decade. Right. <laughs> the, look, the X-Men franchise <clears throat> desperately needs this. This mm-hmm. franchise has been just a barren wasteland mm-hmm. for years now, Stephen. For years. Yeah. This is a franchise, when I was a kid, Chris Claremont was... was uh, was writing X, Uncanny X-Men. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, you know, in the 80s, that was just like, X-Men were just, came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. They got hot in the late 70s with Dave Cockrum mm-hmm. and uh, Claremont and John Byrne right. and Claremont, and they just caught fire as 1980, uh, you know, came around. Mm-hmm. And from 1980 <laughs> on, it was just, wow, X-Men were just gangbusters. They mm-hmm. were amazing. And I, I adored this franchise. It was my all-time favorite comic. And then Marvel managed me to hate the managed to get me to hate the franchise. Yeah. With how they've handled them since pretty much 2000 on. It, yeah. It's just been one cluster and F after the next and it's become such a convoluted mess. Mm-hmm. The, the the continuity is a hot sloppy mess. <laughs> it is a dumpster fire. And there are way too many characters. Yeah. 
way too many characters. I hope that Hickman takes out his axe and just trims the fat away and pairs this down to a few core characters and pairs the franchise down to their core traits Mm -hmm. and focuses on the basics first and rebuilding it with a strong foundation. Yes, I, I firmly agree with that. I think, I mean, I would say with the, I mean, Marvel to disrespect the X-Men like that, where most of their success was built on the back of Claremont's X-Men. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is was just well, once I got old enough to realize <laughs> how important they were, it was They were little, everything. was appalling. Like The X-Men were everything. Really? Yeah. They were everything. The Avengers were nothing. Yeah. I nothing. mean the, the Avengers were good, but no, it wasn't they, they X-Men. Were not, no, no. Marvel in the eighties and the nineties, it was Spider Man mm-hmm. and it was, it was X-Men, X-Men. Period. Yeah. End of story. Mm-hmm. That's why that's why nobody knew who Iron Man was yep. until the movie. Yep. Or they thought that, you know, that people like Captain America or mm-hmm. Thor were jokes mm-hmm. because it wasn't the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, even after, I think after Claremont, like, I mean, like, I like Morrison's X-Men. I did too. But, but I know but it's very it's, divisive. It, it, so. it, 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 it's best, it, it's, it's best on its own, sure. in its own universe, mm-hmm. away from everything else. Yeah. And it's best that it was totally forgotten. Yeah. It should have been walled off and been an alternate reality. Pretty much. And, and not been made part of their continuity. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of the things, uh, at least some of the things, like at least with like Scott Summers, yes. can be traced back to that. Yes. Um, and... And they just never, they never recovered from that. No, I, look, I, nobody adores Grant Morrison more than sure. Me. Nobody does. I am his mm-hmm. biggest uh, fan in the way I, I, I heart Grant Morrison <laughs> unabashedly sure. and unequivocally so. Mm-hmm. And even I will admit that Morrison's run should have been immediately forgotten yeah. once he left the title. Much like Morrison is immediately forgotten when he leaves any title. Any title. Anywhere. DC did that to Morrison. Yeah. The minute he left the title, you forgot it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, either you forget it completely, mm. you soft retcon it away, or when you hired him, you simply said, "Hey, Grant, you're going to be doing X Men from Planet Eight Three One Two Five Zero, yeah, and let him go crazy." Mm-hmm. That's how you utilize Morrison the most. Yeah, he his um his stuff on Batman survived because Peter Tomasi picked up the ball. Yep. So. Yep. Um. Yeah, X Men needs it. Hickman is the do. right guy. Yes, he's the right guy for mm-hmm. the job. I think he might be the only guy who could pull this off. Yep, as I said from the beginning, the X Men needs somebody with a strong vision, with who can plan long term, who knows how to handle a lot of characters, and who ultimately just has a big story to tell. The only person who is who. The only person who can come close to Jeff Johns in terms of world building mm-hmm. is Jonathan Hickman. Yeah. That's it. That's right. It's two people. Mm-hmm. It's Jeff Johns and it's Jonathan Hickman. Mm-hmm. Johns is the best, in my humble opinion. Yeah. And Hickman is awfully close. Yes. Awfully close in the number two spot. But they're the two best. If yeah. you need to do world building, those are the two guys you go to. Exactly. Hickman is a student of the game. Mm-hmm. He is a fan of continuity. He is yep. a fan of history. And he is a disciple of Jack Kirby. Absolutely. And yes, it was Jack Kirby who created the X-Men mm-hmm. with a little bit of help from Stanley. 
and I stand by that position. <laughs> and almost anything Jack Kirby corroborated with Stanley Wong. <laughs> I let my biases be known up front, Steven. Because <laughs> in that fight, I always go with my boy Jack. <laughs> but Hickman's the right guy. Yes, he is. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Marvel, they they have... They have quite a few talented writers. Yes. But the only one who can overhaul that entire franchise yes. is Jonathan Hickman. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, the only thing that does concern me, Stephen, is this. Sure. And again, Marvel just, it, they need to understand that sometimes less is more. Yeah. Less is more. Mm-hmm. They unveiled at Chicago C2E2 their next big thing. War, War of Realms, the big event story, mm-hmm. right? Their new big event comes out April 2019. Right. And just a few months later, House of X and Powers of X comes out July 2019. Right. And just a month later, their big Maximum Carnage comes out August 2019. And then they tease another big event for December 2019. It's, it's, it, it's a, it, it's the, the little, the little, teaser image they give has a big question mark for December 2019. Why, Steven? What, what, that, it's, that's, that's too much. That is too much in a short period of time. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know. That's, that, <laughs> that's beyond me. Yeah. I I can't even begin to. What could they possibly have going on that's so important that they could just fill out the entire the entirety of the year mm-hmm. with big events? But come on, it's 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 too much. It's too much. Yes, space it out. It just overwhelms the reader, and there's only but so much money that the reader has. Yeah, you know, it's it's just it's too much. And I'm sorry, who asked for a freaking Carnage event? Yeah. Nobody. Yep. God. And the Carnage event will be written by uh, Donnie Cates, and the art will be Ryan Stegman. Oh, Donnie, why you got to do this to me? And it'll be centered <laughs> on serial killer Cletus Cassidy. It's in the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's tongue in cheek. They they declare that you know that they, that they're going to unseat Jim Lee and Chris Claremont's X Men number one to be the highest selling comic ever. Obviously, <laughs> tongue in cheek. Why I mention this, Steven, is because we just went over the sales numbers for February 2019. Yeah. To give people context, people that aren't old enough to remember when comics used to sell legitimately big sales numbers. Right. Legitimately big sales numbers. Do you know how many copies? X-Men number one sold. Jim Lee and Chris Claremont's X-Men number one sold 8,104,611 units. Uh, Wow. I don't think anybody at Marvel working today has seen that many copies. Can you believe... I, I forget... I forget what it was like back then. Wow. Marvel and DC, the comics used to post stupid numbers <laughs> in the set, the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, the nineties. Holy cow! Wow, that's shocking. How far we've come? Wow, how far we've come? Um, the other big event. Ready for this? Because oh there's more big events. Marvel's not done. Of course. Are you ready for this? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Secret Warps. It's a six-part story taking place across six different annuals. Secret Warps. It's a result of, uh, it's, it's, it goes along, um, it's, they're reviving the characters that debuted in Infinity Warps. Yes, that, remember that was, that's what happened during Infinity Wars as a result of Gamora tampering with the laws of reality that created all these com- combination characters and the bizarre mashups. Remember that? We reviewed a couple of those. They mashed up like, you know, White Queen with Captain America and mashed up Tony Stark with, I can't remember, but all these mashup characters. It was White Queen and Wolverine. That's what it was. White Queen and Wolverine, I think, was one mashup character. Um, they're going to give you uh, another look at that because Infinity, uh, because because <laughs> because that was such a, uh, Infinity Wars was such a huge, huge, successful uh, big event. Steven's dead. He just laid down on the ground. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't think that, you know, I, I changed my criteria. I don't think Marvel needs somebody who's young. I think they need someone who can see <laughs> and read numbers. Yes. To be their, their yes. people in charge. This is definitely something no one is asking for. No, like they didn't literally, ask for it the first time. We didn't ask for it the first time, and nobody's asked for it that this time. Christ. This is literally publishing something nobody wants. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Marvel also unveiled that Mark Wade will write, and Javier Rodriguez will do the art to a six-issue miniseries, The History of the Marvel Universe. It'll chronicle the entire history of the Marvel comics. Can we go and get... Mark Wade back from the early 2000s? <laughs> the 90s and the early 2000s? I'll yeah, take that Mark Wade back. That one. I don't want the current one. I mean, if he's if he's just going to do it like that, then okay, well, it's probably not going to sell well, but no. it might be interesting. To, but there we go. Yeah. I'll see how they make mess. Let's see how they make sense of the yeah. continuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see how they do that. Mm-hmm. It'll, be, it'll be fun. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross will team up again to create a new Marvel's one-shot. Oh. <gasps> Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I like Marvels. That was good. That's good good news. I'll like, totally buy I like that. the good news. I'll totally buy that. And the last bit from Marvel at a C2E2. Mm-hmm. Guess who's getting her own title? Oh, God. And it'll be written by Jason Aaron. Is it? Well, lady? co-written. Jason Aaron and Al Ewing. So basically, Aaron kind of well, gives a few thoughts, and Ewing does all the writing. Is it? Hold on. Let me guess. Let me guess. He says it's a her. It's a her. Is it? Lady Thor. It is not Lady Thor, but you are so damn close with that guess. Lady Sif? Nope. Look, oh God. The article, <laughs> the article announcing it says that she is the break. She, it, it's a comic for the breakout star. Oh God. Of Thor Ragnarok. Oh no. Who's the breakout star of Thor Ragnarok? Um. Valkyrie. Yep. Oh. Yes. Interesting. Valkyrie, but it's the comic version of Valkyrie, not the movie version. Oh, it's, so it's the original Valkyrie? It's the, it's the real Valkyrie. Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. Indeed. Okay. Huh. In her own comic. Okay. Well, I mean, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, like, um, I like Al Ewing's Hulk, so we'll see. I, I don't think he's going to do that with this. No. <laughs> no. No, not at all. Yeah, You know we're going to be reviewing the first issue, Steve. You know I can't resist that number one issue. Why we're going to be we reviewing get, it. If we're going to get her, why can't we get the real Defenders back? It's not, I know. 
I know. I know. Anyways. Anyway, uh, Stephen. Yes. To lead into your Shazam review. Okay. News. Shazam. Yes. Currently has, as we speak, based on, how many reviews do we now have on Rotten Tomatoes? 47 reviews. Not a lot, but it's more than a few. Sure. Okay. Based on 47 reviews, it is currently at 94%. Mm-hmm. That is a very strong start. Oh, yeah. That is a very strong start. It won't stay that high. Probably not. No. It won't stay that high, but that's a very strong start. Yeah. So much that the director, David Sandberg, wants to return for a sequel. Yeah. He is ready to go and do a sequel yep. of this movie. Look, Stephen, the early buzz has been tremendously popular. Mm-hmm. I have a positive, sorry. <laughs> Amazingly positive. Yeah. Even though that the forecast for the box office seems to be awfully low for what for what I'm expecting, given how well Wonder Woman did, given how well Aquaman did, you know, mm-hmm. Aquaman doing even better than Wonder Woman did great. Mm-hmm. Aquaman did even better. Mm-hmm. I, I, I based on the increasing success Wonder Woman and then Aquaman had in the box office, based on the early buzz, mm-hmm. really, really positive. Yeah. I scratching my head over these low projections, but you've seen the movie. I have, yes. There's still two weeks to go. Two weeks to go still, so that Rotten Tomato rating can drop. It could, but... You gotta remember, you gotta remember Captain Marvel started out really high and ended up around 78%. Yeah. So usually the first reviewers to drop their reviews are usually going to be mega fans, big fans, mm-hmm. very friendly reviewers. Usually. 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 Yeah. So, but still, on 47 reviews, 94%, that, that, that's, you're doing something. Yeah, You're doing a, something. It was 93% when I went to bed last night, so it went up. So it went up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that that's 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 strong. I'm not mm-hmm. taking anything away from it. That. That's oh, that's yeah. strong. Mm-hmm. That's a strong start. Yeah. Um, in my mind, I, 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 I'm super excited for it. Mm-hmm. But tell us, what, what, what were your impressions? Your non-spoilery impressions. My non-spoilery impressions are that Shazam is... Is a is a very 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 fun movie. Um, I'm okay. I think it's great. Personally, I'm just gonna you know save the adjectives. It's great. Um, I thought it was um, a very well handled. I I hope David Sandberg comes back because he did a great job balancing kind of the humor with the like the more superhero aspects of it with okay. um, with. Um, and this is probably my favorite part of the movie itself is that it has a lot of heart to it. Ah, okay. Like heart and like not heart like, you know, the modern blockbuster heart was like, well, I'll just throw the emotion in here just because. <laughs> it, feel, yeah. it feels a lot like the old school like 80s family movies. Okay, yeah, we, sure. We used to watch when we were kids. So like, kind of the same heart that Richard Donner Superman had. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right. I got you. I got you. And, um... And I say more like '80s because I mean, of course, it references. It's it's a lot like Big, you know, the Tom Hanks movie yes. when he the kid comes to an adult, mm-hmm. and there's a great visual gag about that, but I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> um, but it, what I mean by that is because it is very fun. It's very funny. Um, there's some jokes that are that are Deadpool level funny, like meta. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not mean spirited towards the superhero genre. It's very like right. lovingly riffing on it. Okay. Um, but there's a big theme of, of family 
mm-hmm. in the movie mm-hmm. um, because you know Billy Batson's a foster kid, mm-hmm. um, and they have the whole foster family that okay. element of it. Okay, that is actually very very touching. Okay, and there are parts of it where you know they really delve into that. It's not cheesy. It's not stupid or like oh my god. It actually feels very real, mm-hmm. and um, the just trying to all these thoughts going through my head. Um, it, the movie it flows very well. It's directed well. It's written very well. Um, it, it somehow goes between the humor parts to the superhero parts to the emotional moments mm-hmm. to the you know like the more menacing villain moments. It just goes through no problems. Mm-hmm. It, it's not awkward. The transitions are great. The only thing they have to do is just have something pop up like. At the end of the emotional moment, you see Dr. Savannah float behind in the back, mm-hmm. and that's where it transitions, and it makes sense. It okay. cuts really well. Sure. And uh, speaking of that, I think uh, one thing I would like to say is that there, and this is definitely a lot like the more 80s movies, is that mm-hmm. there are actually some moments that are a, a little more, I don't want to say scary, because they're not really scary, but it's right. like, oh, wow, okay, that's... That reminds me of something like Gremlins, friends. It's not like bloody or whatnot, right. but it's like, oh wow, okay, they they did that. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Doctor Doctor Savannah, he's he might be the most evil supervillain character we've seen in a long time. Really, he takes some people out. Like, oh wow, okay. wow. And there's a great scene with him in a in a boardroom, and you'll know when you see it that it's like, wow. So is he a compelling villain? Is he a compelling villain? He is compelling enough. They okay. give him they okay. give him enough of a backstory. So he's, he's not a throwaway villain like we've gotten some of the Marvel Studio movies. No, I don't think so. Some okay. critics will say so because okay. Mark Strong is the actor. He plays it very kind of understated. Okay. But I think he plays it a lot like you would see someone play like a Lex Luthor. Did you like him as much as Ocean Master and Aquaman? No. Okay. Because I thought he was a great villain. He was. A very compelling, um, a very compelling sympathetic villain. Yes. And I mean he's he's sympathetic enough. He okay. he kind of has like a mirror to Billy Batson's story in certain okay. ways. But you know, he's gone full blown, full blown evil. Mm-hmm. Um and Mark Strong I think is great. He's he provides a lot of the assist where like when the tension comes when he shows up. Like okay. you feel it when it's like, oh and um, so that's that's really great. I love Zachary Levi as Shazam. Yeah, how, how is he? Does he, he, does he fit is, the role well. Yes, okay. he. It's watching him is a lot like watching Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. You can tell they're right. having the time of their lives. Yes, it's a blast. Um, when he has when he has to be, you know, a little more superhero-y, like serious, mm-hmm. he nails it. Um, but you never forget that this is a kid as a superhero, right. and so that you know that joy that a kid would have. Yeah. it feels so real. That you know, you it's even though it's you know it's a uh, magic in DC mm-hmm. and whatnot. It feels like you're watching something that, if this were to happen, this is how it would go right. with a kid. I, I adored him in Chuck. Yeah, and he's this is one of my all-time favorite TV shows. So yeah. I was super excited. <laughs> yeah, and he, I mean, he carries a lot of that charm over. Perfect. For sure. Perfect. And the kid that plays the young Billy is also really good. His name's Asher Angel, I think. Mm-hmm. He's from the Disney Channel, so I wasn't expecting much from him. Okay. All but right. he was actually very good. Ironically, he plays a lot more of the more serious moments, while Zachary Levi plays more of the kid-like moments. Oh, okay, interesting. All right. Um, and the kid who plays Freddy, I'm, he was I mean, he was my favorite personally. His okay, uh, cool. Jack Dylan Grazer is the actor. He was in It. He was kind of the, the standout in that movie. Mm-hmm. And 
I mean, he's really funny. He's got a lot of the the comedic moments. But there's a moment like where he gives like a little speech to the Shazam Billy about like what it's like to be like you know the crippled foster kid and whatnot. Right. And I was I was actually really moved by that. He was really good. Okay, cool. And so it's got you know it's got the heart, it's got the humor, it's got the superhero stuff down. It's um, I I mean. I, because some of the best stuff is stuff I can't say. Right, of course, understood. But um, well, let me ask you this: Would you? Would mm-hmm. you? Um, is it closer to? I asked you this. We talked off off air, and you wanted to think about it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to put you on the pull, on the spot. <laughs> is it two, two part question? Sure. Is it more akin to Wonder Woman? Mm-hmm. Or Aquaman, and sure. and I I'm not gonna use a Marvel Studios movie because mm-hmm. I I think Aquaman is is the Marvel Studios formula pretty much to a T. So yeah. it, 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 probably yeah. that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Dupl- duplicative. Okay, mm-hmm. is it more like Wonder Woman or more like Aquaman? And second part, where would you slot it in ranking those three movies? Because obviously those are the best. Sure. DC movies so far. Hmm. Um. I would say it's closer to Aquaman. Um, Wonder Woman is a lot more serious, like traditionally serious. Um, Shazam, I wouldn't say is it's like Aquaman and that it's more lighthearted. Okay. Um, it's, it's still different. I mean, it's very director driven like Aquaman was Mm -hmm. and it follows, I would say it follows the formula more of those like, like big or an 80s style movie than just the regular superhero Superhero. movie. And I mean, I think personally, I mean that that suits me a little better. It's not um, it's not the Marvel formula dressing up as sci-fi. So or not quite fantasy. like Aquaman then. No. Okay. Um, and but you know this is actually that type of film with superheroes in it. Gotcha. And that's what makes it a little more compelling to me mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. But um, I think. Yeah, because it's different. I mean, it's it's more serious than Aquaman in certain ways. Like that theme of family is very yes. front and center. Yeah, but um, and just in tone and I'd say more just general enjoyment level, I think mm-hmm. it's a lot more like Aquaman. Okay. Yeah. And rank them. Rank them. I th- honestly, I think Shazam is my favorite. Whoa! I had the best time watching. Wow! That one. Really yeah. strong statement because I really I really liked Wonder Woman a lot, mm-hmm. and I. I really liked uh, Aquaman a mm-hmm. lot as well. I yeah. thought both movies were fantastic, and you'd rank it above. That's great. Wow. I would. Okay. okay. And I think, and most impressively, it avoids, because of something that happens in the third act, it avoids the third act slump. Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. so you'd rank it above Aquaman and Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. which are easily the two now, best. No, it's all, it's so, all, so they're all very close. Understood. But, but so yeah. they're beating out Aquaman and Wonder Woman means mm-hmm. you'd rank it number one of all the DC movies, including Justice League, Suicide Squad, Batman vs. Yep. Superman, Absolutely. Man of Steel, blah, 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 blah. I mean, you insult me by bringing right, right, those movies right, right, right. into the conversation. Understood. Understood. Yes. <laughs> then, then, then the follow-up to that is, would you, how would you, um, you don't have to go through all 21 Marvel Studios movies, for God's <laughs> sakes. Are there any Marvel Studio movies that would knock Shazam off the number one spot for you? Um, I think just to give people context of where it would fit compared to sure. a Marvel Studios movie. I mean, my my top five Marvel movies, and these are the ones I I really love. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I was go from five to one. Mm-hmm. Spider Man, uh, Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider Man Two is better than any of them. I think mm-hmm. that's, that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, four would be Guardians. One, 
Iron Man, the Avengers, and then Winter Soldier. Okay. Um, those five. And the first Iron Man is the one you're referencing. Yes. Okay. Iron Man one. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, those five would probably be enough. Now, Spider Man and Shazam are very close mm. for me because Spider Man okay. is like Shazam is a lot yes. like those older movies. Understood. And that's why I loved it so much. Um, but Ooh. maybe if you. Does it crack Cause, that cause top the, five? Because the, the action in Shazam is better than the action in Spider-Man, I think. Okay. So put those put those four, those first four, up there, and that would those would be the ones that would knock it off. Wow. I, so yeah, combining Marvel Studios movies and DC the Studios. DC yeah. uh, movies, mm-hmm. you would rank Shazam as number five. Number five. Mm-hmm. That is quite impressive, actually. Quite impressive indeed. I mean, and remember, that's me. That's sure. my taste. Understood. But, but still, yeah, high praise. It was, uh, honestly, I expected a lot going in, and it exceeded my expectations. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. So you would definitely recommend seeing it. Yes, absolutely. And I would recommend, if you have kids, don't worry about any... It's kid-friendly. It's very kid-friendly. I mean, maybe not like five-year-olds, because of some of the... The elements. I mean, it's. I don't know if I can spoil it. I think it's in the synopsis. Mm-hmm. So I'll just go ahead and say it that mm-hmm. the the seven deadly sins are the ones who empower Doctor Savannah. Yep. And they are creatures, you know. So they might, if you have like a five year old, but like your kid, like your youngest, be totally fine. Twelve year old, not a problem. Yeah, no one be a problem. problem. It's, it's not really. I mean, because there were kids, like little kids, in the audience. Okay. And they, I didn't hear any screaming. Okay. Or anything like that. I heard a lot of Shazam, Shazam, Shazam. Right. So okay, I very think, cool. I think it'll be a hit with the family. Uh, so if if know. if someone is a fan of Marvel Studio movies in general, mm-hmm. would you recommend seeing it? Yes, I think I think they'll get more than what they're expecting if they go with Fantastic. that mindset. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so wide appeal. You think if if you're a I, fan of Marvel Studios movies, if you're a fan of Wonder Woman, Aquaman, mm-hmm. current direction for DC, you should be pretty happy. Yes, Do and you, even if you're not a fan of those and you like just movies like Big... That's I think what I was going to ask you. What well. about non-superhero fans? I think they would like it a lot because it does it does play to a lot of those older tropes, um, not in a bad way. I mean, yes. people, it's such a negative word I know, right, these I know. days. But um, yeah, and it's it's funny. I, I saw a lot of different types of people in there, and they were all laughing. They were all enjoying Very it. Very cool. So, Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, now I'm even more excited than ever. To see this movie. Yeah. More excited than ever. <laughs> Fantastic, my friend. Wow. Yes. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. So what is your prediction, Steven? You know Rockwell. Will I enjoy this movie? I think you will definitely enjoy it. Will this probably end up being my favorite DC movie? Yeah. Will this so. crack the top five when comparing Marvel and DC for me? Because your top five is pretty much my top five really? for Marvel. Hmm. Yeah, you and I have the I think, same top five. I think it depends on how much you love Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I am intrigued. I'm All intrigued. Right. Awesome. Yay! Well, wow. On that bombshell. A positive one, too. Yes. On that bombshell, my friend. <laughs> Until next time, viva la revolucion. The words to this brought to us by uh, Jeff uh, Lemire mm-hmm. and uh, Yvonne Reese. The pencils by Ivan Reese and Jose Luis, mm-hmm. and uh, the inks by Vicente Cifuentes and Jordi Tarragona. Um, this issue, we learned the backstory of the Phantom Girl. Mm-hmm. 
I guess we'll call her that. They haven't given her a name. I mean, well, they haven't given her a code name. Right. Uh, it's Linya. But we've, her backstory is her parents uh, were traveling. They got hit by some lightning. They put her in a little escape pod. There's only one person in the escape pod. Shot her off. Unfortunately, it got knocked off past by the lightning. She got crash landed in this weird extra dimensional place. Yeah, opened up because of metal. Yep. And, um, and there she was just a kid when she arrived. And she ended up growing up into an adult by herself. Right. Which makes me wonder how she can, uh, how how is she so um, articulate and literate? Right, and she's... and why doesn't she talk like a child? Because <laughs> she's not been schooled or taught or shown yeah. how to be an adult. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, putting that aside, uh, it's uh, comic they, book. They, they, it's comic book. They said a lot of weird things happen. They don't right. go into it. So right, I assume. Yeah, sure. And so uh, Mr. Trevor says, we need this antenna over here off this strange machine that they gave him the message from Tom Strong mm-hmm. at the end of the last issue because he wants to study it. And maybe that'll help uh, figure out what's going on, where they are, how they got her. And, uh, he and she also, is trapped in her phantom form. That's right. And right. he's promised to help her get out of her phantom form right. as well. Mr. Trevor has promised. Our heroes uh, end up snapping the antenna off. And unfortunately, when they snap the antenna off the machine, that wakes up the giant space corpse that they were standing on. It's got a big celestial. Mm -hmm. It comes to life. Oh, snap. We have a fight. They start battling it. This terrific opens up a portal. They come flying through back into Simon Stagg's lab, and he's like, close the portal! You see, like, the big giant hand starting to come through the portal. They close it, and the fingertips get cut off. Gross. Um, And um, then they notice... That uh, that Mr. Plastic, Plastic Man didn't go back into a giant egg. Yay, win. Yes. Okay, so that's a plus for him. And we, they notice that uh, Linya is now physical. Mm-hmm. She's not a phantom. Unfortunately, every time she touches something, that item explodes. Yeah. So Mr. Driffer's like, go back to your phantom form now. She does, and he's like, hmm, looks like uh, something about you uh, being in the dark multiverse for so long has altered your <laughs> genetics, and now everything you touch explodes, so yeah. just stay in your phantom form until I can figure it out. Mm-hmm. He said, I'll do every." this is what he says, I'll do everything I can, Linya, you have my word. Mm-hmm. And he takes some information out of Stag's computer, um, tells, <laughs> tells Stag, don't ever open the portal again, yeah. and takes the antenna with him and says, um, hops into his time sphere, one of his little T-spheres, and says, look, um, I need to examine this antenna and figure out what it is and who this Tom Strong is. And Linya, I can do little for you here. I need to get back to my lab. I'm sorry. Just stay in your phantom form for now. I'll be back when I can. And he leaves. Wait, wait. This woman mm-hmm. has no home. No. She has no home. Mm-hmm. So you're just abandoning her at Simon Stagg? One of your enemies, one of your greatest enemies who you were extremely hostile to, mm-hmm. that you blame for ruining your business and stealing every invention you have. Mm-hmm. That's like Obadiah Stane to Tony Stark. Yeah. You leave her there. Mm-hmm. What? Well, that explains, what? That explains the next line from Endomorpho, which is, what a what dick. A dick. <laughs> <laughs> and so the T-Sphere flies off and suddenly Metamorpho... Uh, Linya and uh, Plastic Man go, ah, and you see like Kirby bubbles around them, yeah. Kirby energy bubbles around them, <laughs> and you cut to Mr. Terrific also in his T-Sphere crying out in pain with Kirby bubbles around him going, ah, and we yeah. see like Kirby energy bubbles and lines between him and the other three, and it pulls his T-Sphere back yep. and smashes it into the ground, and uh, Mr. Terrific gets out, and he goes, 
uh, I think something happened in the, to us in the dark multiverse when we removed the antenna. I think we're now stuck together. Bum, bum, bum. And uh, like it says, four for one and one for four. all. <laughs> Next issue. Um, Terrifics number two. What do you think, Stephen? Um, I'm still, I still dig it. I love this title. Yeah. It's so much fun, isn't it? <laughs> it's so much fun. Yeah. It's I, great. I was, I was sad that we didn't get to review the first issue because you were, you were away, um, doing, yes, I was in, I was in Disney World. That's right. This in the mothership. <laughs> and I just, I really love these characters together. Like, I mean, obvi- it's obviously the Fantastic Four. Oh, obviously. Obviously. However, um, I mean, it's kind of funny trying to see who's who because Plastic Man and Metamorpho are clearly the Human Torch and the Thing. Absolutely. And Mister Terrific is Mister Fantastic. And, yep. I mean, Phantom Girl is a woman. She, yeah, she's kind of. She seems a little more. Uh, I don't know, victimy than <laughs> Invisible Woman does. Give her time. But you know, she's she's still articulate and intelligent and all that. And yep. she's got, um, <laughs> she's got exploding powers apparently. Um, which is just kind of interesting. I thought like her density had increased to like where she was slamming down on the ground, right? Or where she touched it was like boom. But it's like now nah, you're just making stuff explode. Like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. um, that might come in handy against the bad guy one day. Absolutely. But you know, um, so it's just a you know it's fun. It's it's funny. A oh, lot of heck points. Yeah. I'm so glad to see Plastic Man back and yeah. never shutting up because yeah. it's, it's so fun. <laughs> and um, I really like the art. I mean, Yvonne Reyes is one of the best artists working oh, today. So totally, totally agree. It's it's so cool. I like seeing these characters together because yep. I mean, it's it seems like such a random selection, right? But you see but how they do fit together. Yeah, yeah. that's the amazing thing. <laughs> that's a hell of a testament to to Jeff Lemire right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And it's uh he has a cool action. You got yeah. the the cool little little space travel y feel, yeah. the space exploration and all that. And um uh, it's I, I don't know, I just don't see what, what more you could want. I Thank mean, you. It's it's just so, so, so much fun. It is. What more do you I love I love the debut issue. Yeah. And I love this issue too. <laughs> it is fantastic. It is it's fun, it's adventure. It's action. It's mm-hmm. it's humor. <laughs> it's it's everything you could possibly ask for. Yes, rolled into one title. It's awesome. It's why the Fantastic <laughs> Four is so great. Yes, this is Lemire showing you why this concept works so well. And mm-hmm. you're right. What's amazing? What you got to start. This is a. It's 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 interesting. Even though this is absolutely an action adventure title, yes, um, designed to be fun. Mm-hmm. Got it, no doubt. But it is also very character driven. Mm-hmm. Very character driven. Oh yeah, um, which is cool. You can have a character driven story that still has lots of action and adventure. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be slow and boring and plodding and full of talking <laughs> head panels that make you fall asleep. That's 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 the cool thing about Lemire. At the heart of it, what's so amazing is Lemire. What you said, he's because when this they first announced this, and you saw. Mr. Terrific, uh, is that Phantom Girl from Legion of Superheroes? It's yeah. not, but but we were thinking at first, right? Metamorpho, Plastic Man. What kind of random ass collection of characters <laughs> is this? Yeah, they, they have no connection with each other. This is, this is like, again, did they, it's kind of like the X Men Blue issue that we reviewed? Yeah. Did they just shake up a bunch of characters in a box, and the first <laughs> four that rolled out were the ones they picked? Yeah, you know. But Lemare, I mean, uh, mind blowingly enough, <laughs> they all fit. Perfectly together. Yep. 
perfectly together. And it's not an exact copy of the Fantastic Four. Like, no. yes, Mr. Terrific is the Reed Richards of the team. Mm-hmm. But he's more of a dick than Reed Richards. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, Phantom Girl is the invisible um, girl of the team. Mm-hmm. But she's got her own flavor right. to her, mm-hmm. okay, with her own unique set of problems. Yeah, um, definitely. And Metamorpho and, and Plastic Man, of course they're the human torch in the thing, mm-hmm. but Metamorpho has, a, has his own, he's not an exact thing replica at all. No, he's not talking like he's from Brooklyn right. or something. You know? And Plastic Man is way more insane than Human Torch has ever been. Oh, yeah. He's absolutely unhinged. <laughs> I mean, he is, he is, he is such a, an absurdist character, mm-hmm. okay? And that absurdist character is what makes him so compelling. Um, so the way they all fit together is perfect. And, and they do fit so wonderfully together. Yeah. The chemistry between these four members is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Obviously, obviously, Metamorpho and Plastic Man have the best chemistry. Yes. Their chemistry is off the charts, okay? <laughs> they, they clearly are the best. Yeah. But their chem- the chemistry with Mr. Terrific and the others is also really well done, mm-hmm. too. And Linya, who didn't have much... Didn't much much panel time in the first issue at all. Right. Now that she has a full issue, she's kind of fitting in decently well to the team as mm-hmm. well. So Lemaire's able to just create these 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 characters that I find very compelling yeah. and absolutely fascinating. And I just love the four of them together. And more importantly, I want I want more of the yeah. four of them. <laughs> I want more of them. Like I'm I'm actively looking forward to give me more, give me more, give me the next right. issue now. Like now, <laughs> you finish this issue and you're like, I want more. Mm-hmm. So not only is it great character work, and the dialogue is fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. the dialogue that he do he, does he not? Lemire gives everyone a nice, unique external voice. Oh yeah, all four characters, all four characters of the Trivics have their own unique external voice, mm-hmm. and it's really good, really funny, really entertaining <laughs> dialogue, isn't it? Yeah, it's just great, <laughs> and the action is awesome. It's high, it, it's it's insane, over the top, big time, yeah, crazy. Jack Kirby style sci-fi insanity, mm-hmm. which I love. This is like a, this is very much reminds me of a Jack Kirby comic. Yes, doesn't it to you? Definitely. Like it really has the Kirby, the Kirby story beats, the Kirby vibe, the Kirby setting. Like oh, this, yeah. this is Lemire is channeling his inner Jack Kirby with this title. Yes, and doing it, doing it, with, doing it superbly, mm-hmm. but with his own style. Yes, but course. with his own style, mm-hmm. which I love. I love. What's not to like? The plotting and pacing is spectacular. It moves mm-hmm. forward. It's just a, it's a blast to read, and it's all ages friendly. Yeah, that's right. It, this is this is this is fantastic. I mean, this <laughs> reminds me a lot of what Chip Zdarsky's doing. Yeah. I mean, different type of story, obviously, but with course, Chip Zdarsky yeah. over on Spectacular Spider-Man, mm-hmm. the same kind of approach, same philosophy, mm-hmm. even though a much different style story, same philosophy. Yeah. This is great. This is a comic. I'm telling you, you give this to anybody. You could give this comic, <laughs> you could give the Terrifics number two to anyone. I think yeah. they would enjoy it. It's just fun. This is good, good sci-fi superhero stuff. It's it's great. And if you like character work, we got you covered. Like action, yeah. we got you covered. You like wild, over-the-top, high-concept sci-fi adventure, we got mm-hmm. you covered. It's got it all. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, I just, this is a title that deserves a following. Oh yeah, this title deserves a following so bad. I just think this is just a this comic will put a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. It really, I really hope it does well. I yeah, really I do, do hope it does well. You know, this is this is 
this is good stuff. And I think mm-hmm. if if comics focused more on stuff like the Terrifics, I, I think you appeal to more readers that way. Yeah. I think this attracts a wider range of readers, mm-hmm. which I think is what DC and Marvel want to do these days, obviously. Yeah. And trying to grow readers. I think this is the route you go. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. Because I feel like I could throw this issue at my wife, yeah. my kids, mm-hmm. me, and we'd all like it. Yeah. And we're all different. Mm-hmm. So, in the art, the art, I mean, Yvonne Reese is just, he's awesome. Yeah. He's awesome. He's always he's been a, awesome. He's, he's the perfect awesome. match for this title, too. Yeah. He's the perfect match for this title because he has such wonderfully detailed artwork. Mm-hmm. And I love that he uses the ener- the Kirby Crackle. Yes. Throughout the whole issue. <laughs> a lot of Kirby Crackle, which I absolutely adore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, his, like, his facial expressions are fantastic. He really helps to inject <laughs> a lot of life and personality and emotion into the story. Mm-hmm. Really well done. Oh, yeah. Uh, how do you grade out the Terrifics number two? Um, the Terrifics, I have to have to do a, a straight nines again, man. I'd, God, it's such a... This is the only thing that gives me any hope for that century title because I think Jeff Lemire is one of those people that you put him on something, yes. he'll, he'll he'll make magic. He out will. Of it. I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with you. Um, look, I, I'm the same. I'm going to go uh, uh, nine thick, bootylicious night girls out of ten for the story. Not intangible. <laughs> he very tangible. Mm-hmm. Very and nine very tangible, curvaceous <laughs> night girls out of ten. For the uh, artwork as well. You, you might say she has some explosive chemistry. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you were just waiting for uh, that. You were just waiting for that. I literally wish uh, I would come up with it sooner. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that this is definitely a, a, a must-buy comic. Yes. Me. All oh, right. Yeah. Uh, last up for DC. Yes. Wonder Woman number 43. Mm-hmm. And because I'm protesting that I had to read a James Robinson story. I'm not going to go into detail. No, I'm not. Sure. It's a James Robinson story. Yeah. But I will tell you this. James Robinson does the words. Mm-hmm. Marco Santucci does the art. Mm-hmm. Romulo 